This episode is sponsored by yours and my new favourite snack, Jones Crisps. I'm pretty sure you've all made an effort to try them out by now. And if not, what is wrong with you? Gerd, the owner, has given me loads of boxes to give to my guests for them to have a little nibble, a little try. They're not getting a sniff. I can't get enough of them and I'm uh, really struggling to share. Ready salted cheese and onion, salt and vinegar and those beautiful sweet chilli flavours. Keep tagging me in photos of you guys enjoying them and remember to spread the word. And if you're a pub or restaurant owner and you're not stocking them, take a long hard look in the mirror and ask yourselves why. There's only one crisp to enjoy. Jones Crisps. Don't forget, if you're after your football fix this Saturday, live on S4C, should be channel 104, but if you're watching elsewhere, channel 134 on Sky, Carmarthen Town against Abala. It's going to be a battle with the home side, Carmarthen, really struggling this season, bottom of the league, struggling to find any sort of uh, rhythm in their season. They'll be facing a resurgent Bala. Started off very poorly themselves, but they're really starting to pick up now. As expected with the squad that they've got. So the Scoria boys will be live at 5 o'clock with kickoff at 5.15. And if you want to change sport, straight on after. Keep it on the same channel. Club Rugby. We've got Scarlets against the Blues. Kickoff 25 to 8. Again on S4C. So forget about X Factor. Forget about Strictly. Get yourselves on S4C this Saturday evening. Owen Titter Jones is in that Tranmere wall as well. Here comes Trundle with the shot, hits the wall, bounces away to Sam Ricketts, out to McLeod left side. Cross comes in, header from Owen Titter Jones, and he's gone in. What a cracking header from the tall midfield player. Owen Tidder Jones gets his third goal in a Swansea shirt and against the run of play, it must be said, Swansea are back on level terms. Super cross from McLeod, lovely header from Owen Tidder Jones and it's Tranmere 1, Swansea 1. Hello again, welcome back to the Longman's Football World podcast with Owen Tidder Jones. Before we get into it, big shout out to Lloyd Hardy for his design work in creating the poster for the advertising for this episode. A little recreation of the old film Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Loved that. Uh, touched on it in the last episode at the end. But a huge, huge thank you to Carol, to Miriam, to Stefan Trees Williams for their work on the jingle, which you'll hear shortly. It was on for the first time last week. Probably got better reviews for the jingle than I have for the podcast, but I'll take that one on the chin. Um, I'm sure you can sense a little change in my voice this week. I've been battling with man flu and it's such a brave, brave effort for me to make sure that this gets out there this week. Uh, but, you know, that, that goes with my personality and my character. So there's no surprises there. Episode three, we've got little Leon Britton. Um, one of the good guys in football. First met during my trial at Swansea back in summer of 2005 we were ready to go out and train on the army barracks and then into the Brecon Beacons running up and down the mountains so not a good week but I could sense early on that, that he was one of the good guys 
uh, and and we've become friends over the last few years and he has gone on from that point w- with an incredible career and you know it's been it's been brilliant watching him do that into his seventh season at, in the Premier League now uh, and he's a huge part of Swansea's success over over the the last well since he joined the club but he's certainly a big big part of of the reason why Swansea are still battling out in the Premier League so um hopefully there's more to come with him on the pitch interesting to know what's going to happen with him off it when he does eventually hang up those boots um but it's very difficult someone like Leon the amount of time he's spent at at Swansea how many interviews he's done how do we get a different little angle how do we get a different take and see him in a different light so hopefully we uh, we achieved in 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 doing that uh, and remember if you enjoy even if you don't subscribe leave a review on iTunes um, there's other available apps that you can get your podcast from Acast Podbeam uh, but I know that iTunes is the biggest one, so don't be shy. It's only a small little act, but it means a lot. So leave a leave a five star review if you can. But be honest, be honest, not brutally honest though. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the show. Once again, this is episode three with Leon Britton. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen. His seven caps, his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace. Now it's a long shot, but in the long run, your blues will be long gone with the long man and the long man. to the, the long man's football world podcast mate how does it feel it's good mate um very long man's uh, podcast now it's good to to be here mate um thanks for inviting me no problem nice relaxed atmosphere getting to know little leon we, we had a little chat didn't we it's got to be over a year ago like an interview yeah for, for the bbc and it was very different mate. i remember going through notes and having to prepare loads of stuff just a shitload of stuff and like worried about what the next question is going to be and, and stuff like that. This is a little looser. It's a bit better, mate, isn't it? Having, yeah. a, having a beer and uh, oh. just general chat, mate. It's, um, no, it's nice, mate. It's nice to do something different. Like you say, normally than the, the regular questions, it's nice to be a bit more relaxed and you know a bit more open, really. How's life, mate? What are you now, 35? 35, unfortunately. I was 35, what, a week or so ago. 
Yeah, mate, so everyone's giving me a bit of jip about the pension and I did actually ring up and ask. You actually can? Yeah, I did. It was funny because um, I went to the national school and someone set, Lily Shaw now, and someone set up a, a WhatsApp group a couple of weeks ago and um, a lot of them players had finished football early 20s. Yeah. So all they're talking about, because we're the same age group, is talking about pensions and what money can I get when, I, when I'm 35, every little bit helps. Like So, no, I did, I did bring up, mate, so I'm waiting to find out what I'm due. So you were back, in, back up there? Recently, are no. They want to. They want to do a, re, a reunion. Really, what it is is um, we've lost contact. You know, obviously, through the years, mate. We spent two years at Lily Shaw, fourteen to sixteen, every day, and then we went on holiday after that. Couple of years, I and that were and shenanigans and all that nonsense, and then and then we just lost our way. You know, as such, we go off in different paths and, and and lost contact. But one of the boys, fair play, Joe Keenan, he's um, he managed to dig out a few numbers, and then from a few numbers, we've. Managed to get all sixteen, you know, sixteen of the lads together. So they're looking to do a, a night out some sometime. Burnley away was mentioned, so I think in a couple, of, maybe a couple of weeks or a month or so. So we're good. Man. Do you think like um, Lillishaw? You know, how, how do you, how do you describe Lillishaw if, if somebody doesn't know about it? I describe Lillishaw as if someone doesn't know, which a lot of people probably won't know, um, especially the younger generation. Now it was. Um, it's almost like the academies now where you train every day, you know, the, the boys at the academies train every day. Back then when I was 14, which was about 97, I was at Arsenal, you'd only train once a week. So Lily Shaw was meant to be the 16 best players, supposedly, in, in England. Yeah. You went through various trials to get to narrow it down to 16, I was one of them, but then you went away to Shropshire, like Telford, uh, stayed in you know, Lily Shaw the building and then you went to school locally but you trained every day so I trained, we'd all trained together 16 of us four or five times a week so it was it was in the academies before they come out but it shut down because everyone started doing the academies and training every day there was no need for it really but no there's been some there were some big players you know Michael Owen Sol Campbell Carragher Joe Cole was here above me to foe my year so there's been some some decent ones man and yeah. Leon Britton yeah, and you create a little bond that's different to, you know, normal. Because you're away. I know people go away for various reasons. People in academies mm. these days they go away, but there's something about that place in there. I've been there yeah. a few times doing rehab, um, and it's like, what's the Harry Potter school called? Oh, is it like, not Hogwarts? Is it yeah, Hogwarts? Hogwarts. It's like yeah. it's like that, isn't it? It's that old. It's an old building. Yeah, it's very old. It's very grand, like a big mansion or country estate or something like that you'd probably describe it as yeah. but it's different because like you say we were 14 year olds moving away from home everyone from different backgrounds different parts of the country people from the northeast London someone from like X away all used to different you know different ways of life as such so we all come together and it was all of a sudden it was like 16 brothers we all looked out for each other we'd go to school people might you know, a bit of jealousy, try and pick on us, but then it'd be 16 of us back, you know, from the other 15 back each other up. Yeah. So it's hard to explain in terms of that bond that you had for that last two years of school. It was special. You know, it's a shame that you lose your way, but it just happens in time. But some of the memories we've got there and some of the things, not just the foot, the football things were great, but some of the the things off the pitch as well, you know, like the camaraderie and the things that we used to get up to yeah. as, as young lads, you know, 14 to 16 were memories for life, you know. And the national, I think I'm right in saying the national gymnastics, they used to set up base there, didn't they? That, yeah. that must have been torture for a young, hormonal 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, mate. There was, um, 
There might have been some that overstepped the mark a little mm. bit, you know, but uh, I can't mention names. But no, there, there was, there was like, is it, who's the famous one? Beth Tweet? Is it Beth Tweedle, yeah. Yeah, Beth Tweedle was, was one of the ones there. Um, obviously, she's the one that sticks out in the memory. Um, but no, there was a few there, but like I say, you, you are a bit like caged animals as such, mate, when you, when you live there and all of a sudden on site is um, the gymnast. And we did get caught a few times, you know, going into the gymnastics hall and and what not messing around and stuff but you know boys will be boys and you know you're away from home just having a bit of fun sometimes we, all, we always uh, we always have a little joke about how you always talk nonsense about that, that big move Arsenal to Arsenal to West Ham or no yeah, yeah Arsenal to West Ham yeah Arsenal to West Ham yeah how much was it mate mate it was 400 grand 400 grand 400 grand for you know yeah. someone who just literally left I school I didn't know that no you didn't know that no, I haven't no. told you no. Well, maybe not a lot of people know me, but uh, you know, it's four hundred grand rising to one point five million, which at the time it was a terrible waste of money. In the end, I think they hedged their bets, so they took me and they took the foe for the same amount of money. The foe from Arsenal was up. The foe from Charlton to West okay. Ham, me from Arsenal to West Ham. They paid the same money, and I think they thought, right, one of us is going to have to make it. Yeah. And um, the foe, they made their money probably tenfold, and unfortunately, I was a, a waste of money and. Never lived up to the hype, really, mate. Yeah. Do you know when there is a bit of hype like that? And I don't know the exact age that you would have been. You go to West Ham, obviously, let alone move to Swansea, um, and then lower leagues, that move becomes permanent. It, does that play on your mind? Like, someone paid 400 grand for me now. Did, do you expect more of yourself, or, or, or were you happy? Did you think, I'm going to Swansea to build back up again, or did you think at the time, this is me now? No, to be honest with you, I, I thought, Going to Swansea was more probably of a, a way out of West Ham. Purely for the fact of like, Defoe was my age. We kind of had the same path, slowly short together, move to West Ham. He broke in the first team at 17 and there I was, you know, just turned 20 and not had a first team appearance. So I knew the writing was on the wall as such. I know now it's a bit different. Players maybe break through a bit later in, in terms of Premier League clubs. But back then there was people like Glenn Johnson here below me was getting ahead of me. And yeah. So it was more just a case of I wanted to come down here just to try and rebuild my career. I knew that my time at West Ham was done. Yeah. The 400 grand, I, didn't really, I did think about it when I was 17, you know, when I was playing in the youth team and stuff like that. You do think, shit, you know, I'm, you know, people know me as this most expensive teenager, 400 grand, but it did add pressure. It did when you're that young. But leaving the football club when I left West Ham, I, did, I didn't look back on it really, to be honest with you. It was more just rebuilding my career, trying to, do well at Swansea to try and work my way back up the leagues to you know to that level again. It's weird. It's strange how football changes, isn't it? I, I know you've been you've been quite vocal on Twitter and stuff. We'll talk about you again on Twitter in a, in a minute. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know this this academy age, if you like, I, I've thought it for a long time. Really, there's there's flaws in the system, isn't there? You yeah. know, in terms of how it's set up and stuff like that, and the drive and hunger for players. It, it just isn't there really it's not you know if we're being honest it's not there it's not there it's like I, I you can use any club as an example do you say the bigger big clubs if you say like a Liverpool uh, Man City Man United whatever you, you could think it's a little bit different but you're almost in that comfort zone where you get to wear that tracksuit yeah you get to claim that you're a Liverpool player a Swansea player whoever the academy is 
You're on big, big yeah. money, aren't you? And these days, because there's a squad of what's a what's an under twenty three squad? Twenty five man. At least, yeah, you're talking about twenty, probably at least twenty players, twenty to twenty five. And they have to be kept on, so you need twenty to twenty five yeah. players. So these lads get kept on probably way past their sell by date, way past when the club has made a decision that they're not going to play yeah. for us. They have to be kept on and for numbers. It's it's. Wind, it, it does wind me up. And like you say there, for numbers, these players are getting kept on at 21, who realistically got no chance. And I don't see the point in keeping on a 21-year-old to say a 21-year-old left-back who's got no chance. And we've got a good 17-year-old left-back who's coming through. Yeah. And he's blocking up. It shouldn't be like, you know, he should just be gone. And then I think the bigger clubs do that. I think they try and put their younger players, the 17, 18-year-olds, into... The twenty threes. Yeah. Maybe a club like ourselves tend to, you know, have twenty, twenty one year olds, nineteen year olds playing in the twenty threes. It just blocks it up. Like you say, mate, the hunger in terms of money, they they get good money now. They got nice cars. But that's not even their fault, is it? it it's not. It, we, we've created in one way, we've created a system where even through the academy stage when you know you're talking about 13, 14, 15 years old, they get everything put on I'm not saying it in a jealous way that we didn't have that, but everything's done for them. Everything is done, yeah. and it feels like there's no hard work to be put in to get to get to the, the level that we've had to get. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And Brendan Brendan Rodgers brought out a good quote I see the other day. He said, "The young players of today have this wash bag culture. You know, you have got the nice Louis Vuitton or Gucci wash bag. They smell nice." He said, "I tell you, don't when you leave this." football club out or outside the training ground don't be telling people you play for for Celtic you don't you train you train for Celtic until you play in the first team you don't play for Celtic which is right yeah. you can imagine them not just at this club but most of the clubs they go out in Swansea or Liverpool or Southampton or wherever it is and you know, I play for for Swansea I play for Southampton and yeah. they get a bit of attention yeah. and, and they look at the players the first team players with their car and maybe they have the odd night out and to get where we've got, well, I can only speak for myself, this took a lot, a lot of hard work. It's a, and the, we could sit here and talk for a couple of hours probably about, you know, our, our opinions on it. But it's hard to know where to change because on, on one hand, they've done it for a reason. It is, it's a lot more professional. Yeah. You know, so you, you get used to that professional environment early. But I think a long move is, is not the be all and end all, but you judge a player one, whether clubs want to take a player on loan, yeah. and two, whether he's willing to go on loan, because that's where that's where you learn your craft. I've I, I did it different to you. Not as a yeah. 17, 18 year old. I went on loan when I was mid twenties. Yeah. You know, you have to stay relevant in football. If if you're at a club, you're not playing, you don't play for a year. Your next move yeah. isn't going to come. So, but you have to be willing to do it, don't you? Mate, there's there's horror stories even at our club. You know, players going down to Newport. And they get put up in a hotel, but they're asking to stay in the Celtic Manor. Yeah, you know, like things like that. And it's like, what really matters? You know, what really matters to you? Is it like you want to stay in the Celtic Manor, or do you stay in the B and B that they put you up in? Yeah. And you're going there, and you're thinking, you know what? I'm going to prove a point, and I'm going to do well. But that—that's the kind of, I'm not saying young player that we're we're bringing up, but there is that culture where they're expecting things like that on the plate when it shouldn't be like that. 
the 23 in the 23 games we touch back on that mate it's like I've played in a few myself and what's the consequence of, of losing a game you play on a whatever day Tuesday afternoon at a training ground behind closed doors or 100 people there you don't play well you make a mistake yeah you're going to be disappointed yeah what's the consequence really there's no real whereas you're doing that on loan and you're playing alongside someone who's trying to pay their mortgage and bills and they've got a family, you know, two kids or whatever, and you're doing something on the edge of the box and you're losing the ball, or doing something stupid, it's the experience of him telling you next to you on the pitch saying, don't fucking do that again. It is different, isn't it? Because you need, you, you do need that. You need to learn the importance and then obviously that is part of it. If you're yeah. going to go on loan, you are going to make those mistakes you, you're going to do unless you're an unbelievable player. You're going to, you're young, you make mistakes. That's why you go on loan. Yeah, but then you learn from the mistakes and you realise right, that cost us the game today and the fans maybe got on my back or like the teammates give me a bit of shit or whatever. But when you do it in the 23s, okay, you're disappointed. But what I see is that the players probably just get together after and like in a change room, just like, oh, okay, we'll see everyone up to you later on, you know, or you know, tomorrow or something like that. And it's like, yeah, I don't feel it would be like that. Well, it wasn't like that back when I was on loan. I don't know. Even, even the old system of reserve football, I know you can play a reserve game, and God knows I've played plenty of them. You could, you could play a reserve game, and obviously the, the result is not that important. But you're, you're playing alongside a lot of senior players, mm. and you know if you play badly, you, you're just shifting yourself out of the first-team squad further and further, isn't it? Yeah. So, so there's still that level of importance on how you used to have to play in the, even in the reserve games. Yeah, there is. You know, I played in reserve games and people like John Moncur and Neil Ruddock and, you know, senior players, like, you know, big big personalities and you play alongside them and then all of a sudden you probably raise your game. Do you know what I mean? Like, like playing with your teammates who you've come through the youth team with, it's not the same. It's, it's a bit sink or swim. Yeah. Some people react to it well and, and, and can deal with it and, and learn from the experience. Some people can't. Some players you see when that happens to them and they make a mistake in the game or someone's onto them, they go into their shell and, and they can't deal with it. But it is, I'm not saying it's the be all and end or a low move or, or a rollicking from an experienced uh, teammate, but it is a little bit like that. You, if, you can't re- if you can't deal with that, then how are you going to deal with it on a Saturday when you, you're playing in the Premier League or Championship or whatever. Do you know, like, where your career's gone to, um, to the level you got to, Premier League, how many seasons now? Season seven now, isn't it, in the Premier League? Season seven. You know, did you always think, I'm going to get to the Premier League, or, like, y- y- your career leads you in different different directions than it? Spoke about Swansea going there initially, you could get stuck in League Two. Yeah. Here's one for you. Roberto coming back to Swansea, if that doesn't happen, if Roberto doesn't come, you're playing wide right for Kenny Jacket mainly. What, what, what do you sometimes think? Where would where would your career have gone? Yeah, of course. I think you need that. You need a you know a little bit of luck. Obviously, a lot of it's hard work and and doing well. But you need a little bit of luck. If Roberto didn't come in, let's say Kenny was playing me right wing, which isn't my preferred position even from a young age, but he wanted. He wanted the more physical player like yourself who... It's very hard to shoot, you know. I, get, I, I understand that, that decision. I know you're still quite bitter about no, it. No, I think... You sometimes send me screenshots of quotes, you know, of Kenny saying, how unbelievable this 
well, young, handsome North Whalen is, and, and he has to play. And oh, you were bitter. You haven't no, spoken to me in that first season. No, I think you know when you look at Kenny, he's a very experienced manager. Isn't he? I think mm, manager at Millwall, intelligent. Yeah. Um, he's now obviously at, at Portsmouth. He's very very experienced and then when you look at probably one of the biggest mistakes he'll probably look back on himself I haven't I haven't really spoke to him about this but if you speak to him I'd imagine he'd, he'd probably say playing um, you and Chris O'Leary in midfield ahead of me where he sees probably where I am now and uh, where yourself is and, and Chris with all due respect he probably does think you know what did he see that day but he was quite young and I think it was maybe, maybe his first job so if it was a little bit later down the line I think he maybe would have realised that you know, the technical player was the way to go ahead rather than, you know, the big, tall, six foot six who couldn't really turn or move. <laughs> Maybe was good at a flick on at a corner or a set piece. Not really. Well, probably wasn't good at that. But um, when you wasn't injured, mate, you, you did have your benefits in the team. A good side foot. But very, <laughs> you're one of the most powerful side foots in, uh, in football, well, mate. No, beyond Swans even, you know, how this side foot in football, that, that continues. That's, that's, gone, that's gone Norwich. That's yeah, to Scotland. It's everywhere. It's a well-renowned fact. You know, I couldn't move, but that side foot, whether it was a shot, It'd get you a move, mate. You know, just down the channel. Maybe Gunny heard that. Maybe, maybe Brian Gunn's heard. He's got a good side foot on him, and uh... Gunny loved it. Do you know what? Gunny signed for Norwich, and uh, he was surprised. We trained. I don't know. I must have just one good day, and he like pulled me aside, Brian Gunn, and uh, he goes, "Look at that." You're better than I thought, big man. <laughs> is that is that what they call like a back a backhanded compliment? I don't know, like <laughs> he was in shock. I don't know if it was a maybe he signed me because of a backhander. I don't know. Or maybe because like he was never really on the training pitch with your injury record. Maybe he was first of all surprised to see you out there. Mate. Was, uh... Well, that was before then because you know we fooled we fooled him. We pulled the wool over his eyes. Um, got got myself signed up on a three year contract. <sighs> And then he seen me for the first couple of weeks training, you know. And it was after that maybe. Well, actually, he wasn't in the job long enough. God bless him uh, to realise. So who coming in? Paul Lambert then really see Lambo, yeah. Did he take them up? So then he looked at the squad, and then he decided these are the players that I want to try and take me to promotion, and take me up to the Premier League. Listen, Paul Lambert, he sussed me out within an hour. What right? a good, hey, what a good manager. I mean, I've spoke loads about my debut for Norwich and the fact that we, we had a good pre-season, you know. They'd just been relegated to League One. Real good pre-season where we, we drew with Wigan. Roberto had just gone to Wigan, Premier yeah. League. You could have been playing against me, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, played against Wigan and Carroll, beat them 3-2. League One club, beat Premier League, well done. Played Man United, not a strongest 11, but, you know, a mix and match. 1-1. Yeah. Good result. Yeah, good result yeah. Going into Colchester, little local derby. Easy, eh? Hey? What's the score, mate? What? <laughs> was that the first league game, is it? First league game. So Carroll Road, my debut there. A few of us made our debut. And uh, full house, 26,000. 5 0 down half time. Mate, what are you thinking? Like, uh, all jokes not... aside, what are you thinking? 5 0 down at half time. And at the end of the game, 7 1. Your debut against Colchester, who, with all due respect, uh, um, the middle of the road League One team. It was embarrassing. Embarrassing. Do you know what? I actually came off the pitch. This is how footballers sometimes think. Yeah, it's a team sport, but we're in it for ourselves. I came off and I thought, do you know what? I didn't, I didn't do too bad. I didn't do too bad. And really, didn't do did you, too did bad. You tell, did you tell Lambert that? <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't there yet. 
Didn't do too bad. Probably means like just hit, just hit. So I didn't give the ball away, but I probably didn't get on the ball that much. But then I thought, yeah, I did all right. Like certainly, there's a few that did worse. But hey, that's got to be that's got to be one of um, one man. of your worst getting there. It's unbelievable. And, and obviously Paul Lambert, the manager of Colchester that yeah. day, becomes our manager two weeks after. A few of the lads couldn't believe it. Wes Houlihan, who, yeah. in fairness to him, he's 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 fought back. But after the game, he knew he knew Paul Lambert yeah. uh, from Livingston, I think. And they're like shaking hands after the game. Unlucky Wes Lambert, Lambert said to him, and he's turning and going, no, no, I don't want to fucking be here. Who said that? Wes? Wes. Straight, straight away. <laughs> he didn't want to be there. He didn't know that Lambert was going to come back to the club, or come to the club two weeks after. So the first thing Lambert does is shove Wes in, in the reserves. No, he didn't. Yeah. Well, straight away. Wes is in the reserves. Um, Couldn't you have said it was because of the manager or something? Or nah, he just he just thought you know at the time that that. How was your, how's your luck? And now Wes has come back and he's a club legend. He, you know, he's yeah. an incredible player. But that was because of Lambert. He, Wes needed a manager like Lambert yeah. to, to get the best out of him, but. Lambert sussed me out, mate, straight away. Before he took charge, he, he, um, we played against Brentford, and you know, there's a caretaker in, t- in charge, yeah. and you, you know, you don't know, everyone's asking questions on the bus who, who the next guy's going to be. And uh, during the warm up, someone spotted Lambert in the crowd. So the rumours are going around. Rumours going around. I, th- I don't know if he was named on the, uh, that afternoon or something, yeah. but he wasn't in charge that night, didn't even come to see us. And it just adds a bit of anxiety, really. Yeah. You're playing. I did score in that game, uh, free oh. kick, probably about four deflections. Side foot. Side foot, um, but didn't play brilliantly. My knee was a little bit sore. Shunk. Lambert comes in the next day, so we just played a game, tough game, and uh, I swear my knee is pretty much hanging off. Yeah. I, I needed 48 hours to recover. After he, game. He gets us in the day after and trains us hard. Like, we're probably playing 11 aside for over 90 minutes. And 11 just, aside again, the day after? Yeah, yeah, the day after. It was hard. He was yeah. testing us. He thought and you're we going were, to, and you're going to be pushing it as well because he's a manager. Like, yeah. He thought we were soft. I mean, he, was, yeah. he was right. He thought we were soft. Did that. I pulled my calf. <laughs> <laughs> you are sick now. But I, I didn't tell anyone. I thought, I'll get through this. So I trained it like the day after and we played Wickham, the first game for him in charge. And uh, he didn't name me in the squad. It did. So actually, I was quite happy because I was you quite was, happy because he was hiding the calf injury. Hiding a little calf yeah. injury. But then we played Sunderland on the like in the cup game, Premier League team on the Monday night, I think, live on Sky. And he, was, he gave everyone a chance. Yeah. He played me from the start, like changed the game from his first first in charge. And this calf, I think I played ninety minutes. This calf was ripped, just shreds, <laughs> like an eight centimeter tear. I think. Was it? Soleus muscle oh, and uh, scored an own goal. Well, he's lost 4 1. <laughs> Made a big impression, mate. Uh, he, did, he didn't like me to start with, but do you know what? It happens, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, managers you, come in, mate. Managers come in, and they, all of a sudden you go from playing to all of a sudden not playing because they like a different formation, and it may or a different style of player that they want playing a position. Like you say, you know, you go back, I know you're joking, but Kenny wanting. The more physical player in centre midfield, whereas Roberto comes in, kind of changes it around, wants more smaller, smaller but just technical type of player. And it happens the other way, mate, doesn't it? You know, you it was a good team, though, wasn't it? Like, uh, uh, what the, the Roberto team? Uh, before that, Kenny, the first yeah. season in the Liberty, but 
I, I've said to you before, I, I didn't know you were a centre field player. Yeah. So you probably played all through your youth system and stuff. And I, I've, I've come in and obviously Kenny signed me. He, he likes a certain type yeah. in the middle of the pack. I didn't even know. I just thought it was you and Forbes battling out yeah. for that right wing position. Um, but it was a good team and he obviously liked his big boys down the spine. He liked the big centre forward. He was organised, wasn't he, Kenny? Yeah. He was 4 you know, he was four four two. Well, we organised and... But we had some good players in that team. You know, like Sam went on to play in the Premier League. Obviously, Monks was there. Mm. Some experienced, some really experienced players, like some really experienced, you know, Trons and, and Robbo. No, we had a good, really good team, mate. Didn't we? We, yeah, we was organised. Then we had, we just had the match winners. Then didn't we? In terms of like, yeah, you know, Robbo, who's Trons, you know, Kevin McLeod at, at one point was on fire, weren't he? Good night out as well. Good night, mate, weren't it? Do you, you must miss them. Like, you know, you don't want to paint yourself in an unprofessional manner, but just that, I'm sure you get on with, with your teammates now, no problem, but it's a, it's it's a business now, isn't it? It's different, mate. Like, don't get me wrong, like, the lads in the change room, we all get on, you know, the team, especially at the moment, team spirit's good at the club. But it is a case of, like, you see each other in the change room, yeah, you have a little bit of a laugh, but then everyone after training goes their separate ways. But back then, under Brian Flynn, Kenny Jacket, you know, you probably could argue that we went out too much and probably socialised too much, but I think a lot of us, had, it was the first time we played in the first team as such, so it was new for us, you know, like probably, yeah, I know he was at Bangor, but all of a sudden Football League, me, Trans, Robbo, there was a lot of us, it was all kind of new. Yeah. And back then, he was in League 2, there wasn't so much of a spotlight, he didn't have, probably back then, he didn't have the camera phones, and so you could probably go out and then the next day, Kenny or Brian Flynn could say, oh, you was out, I heard you was out, and you could say, no. <laughs> because no one's going to take a picture, are they? Nowadays, within, you know, we go one street now. Yeah. Before you know it, it could be on, it could be on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook within, within 10 minutes. So, you got away with a lot more stuff back then in terms of the lads going out and having a good time. You do, you do miss that, that camaraderie of all the boys together having, having a laugh, because, honestly, you, you, you take it onto the pitch because of that, but, you know, we always, whenever we meet up or whenever we speak or we get together, and some of the ex players, we all talk about that time we had together. Stories, same, same stories come out, don't they? Yeah. A lot of them stem from nights out and stuff like that, Christmas parties. Like, I'll, I'll talk to anybody about them, uh, our old Christmas parties. Yeah. Cause it, was new, it was new to me, but uh, it was just special, wasn't it? Like, even getting on the party bus. And as we, as as you, your career went on, as as I went my own way, and you go to different clubs, and everyone wants to go to the, the biggest city. Yeah. Everyone wants to go to London or Newcastle for a night out. Whereas, how happy were we that back then to stay in Swansea, yeah. to get on the bus, a little party bus around the Gower, <laughs> and fancy dress like you know 20, 20 fancy dress uh, lads turning up in like a, a you know an old pub in the Gower. <laughs> but that's you know. <laughs> It was just great. Like, it was just a great laugh. But that's what it was, mate. We, I think we just enjoyed our company so much that we didn't need to go. We didn't feel the need to go to London or Liverpool or Manchester. We just enjoyed being around each other. And then you go back to uh, talking about the academy or young players and stuff. And some of them were lucky enough to be allowed to tag along, weren't they? Oh. We'd bring them along. Do you remember uh, Dion Chambers? Dion didn't last long, did he? He didn't last. He was on that bus out of the game and. He got a few slaps. Was it once everyone gone gone on and gave him a slap as they went past as he was sleeping? It's not nice to say, is it? But that that is actually what happened. We were boozed up, but he we could have a little a little bit better than him. He was at the front of the bus when he had head bowed down. I think like literally 
sleeping or spewing, one of the two. And as everyone come on the bus, he got a little slap, just to, maybe just to wake him up, you know. Oh, we were, we were trying to look after him. Yeah. Trying to make sure he was okay. But we did put, but the good thing is we put him in a taxi to, to make sure yeah. He got him. The bus was the bus wasn't going on a detour for sure. No, no, that was that wasn't going to happen. He was going to get in a taxi. See you later, Dion. Off you go into the night. Yeah. Where next? Forget about that responsibility. Do you um, do you look back? You left. We, we talk about system and stuff, and Roberto coming in and that. Gone to Sheffield, Sheffield United. And uh, are you ha- are you glad that you went? I know it's fate that brought you back. Yeah. If you think any other manager, not Brendan, is is at Swansea at the time and brings you back. Mm-hmm. You know your your career, well, it just goes different, doesn't it? It can, like playing right. centre midfield for Sheffield United. How did that work out for you? Oh, mate, Kenny, uh, not Kenny, Kevin Blackwell signed me, didn't he? So Kevin Blackwell, my contract was running out of Swansea, so I'd, I'd met you know, with with Kevin, and he was telling me that he'd watched uh, Barcelona and Spain, and I knew he had the reputation of. Uh, as long ball, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I knew you speak to people in the game. He told, he, he, he says, oh, they've got long ball way, way about him. But I met up with him and he's telling me he's going to go four three three, and we're going to play out from the back and you're going to be the man like the holding midfielder and everything's going to go through you. Basically, not build the team around me, but you know, I'm going to be a big main part of this team. So I'm like, okay. And obviously, Sheffield United hadn't long been in the Premier League, dropped into the Championship. It was a big club. So I just decided at the time, with Paolo being a, Paolo Sosa being a manager at Swansea, that was the right move for me. So anyway, go through pre-season, we're doing, you know, team shape, we're going to play 4-3-3, three, three, getting the on the ball and stuff. And we had some experienced players there, like Morgan, centre-back, and, and Montgomery. And then I remember he was playing um, Cardiff away was the first game, actually. And I remember before the game with the team meeting, He's like, you know what we're going to do for the first fucking 20 minutes, didn't you? And I'm ooh, a bit surprised at it, like, you know, get it down and play. Yeah, and Morgan's like, fucking turn him. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's it, we're going to turn him. And I'm looking at him like, really? Like, this isn't what you told me. So it's like, all of a sudden you're thinking, what's going on? And then he's like, do you know what happens after we score a goal? What we do for the next five minutes, didn't you? And this is like unheard of to me. And he's like, we fucking turn him. <laughs> Again. Again, like... So basically, for the first 20 minutes, and if we score any time between 20 and 45, we're turning them again. It was That's got to be the centre-half, Chris Morgan. Yeah. That's got to be him pulling him before the season starts. And Gaffer, this, this pass in my leg, it's not for me. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm not shouting more because he's, t- he's, he's hard as nails. Like, but, yeah. you know, I'm looking at the keeper when it goes out for a goal kick. And when you see him more, just putting his arms <laughs> up to the rest of the back three, saying, back four, like, get up, come on, let's get up to the halfway line. And then you're thinking... And he'll tell you, I will do it the next time. Yeah, so he'll yeah. put his arm up. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want to know. But you do need a bit of luck, mate, in terms of, like say, coming back, if it was a different manager other than Brendan, who knows? Like, and, and the career path could have been different. Swansea could have said, no, a new manager comes in, I don't want you. And then... You, you start, you have to start again, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you're right Yeah, you too. Yeah. You go all the way back down, mate. But um, no, you need that little bit of luck. And unfortunately for me, Brendan was Brendan was the one who was in charge and liked the possession game, which which obviously played to my strength. Really, it says a lot, doesn't it, that in this incredible period the Swansea have had, that any player that's done well and wanted to move on, like other players have, have had to move on because then they can't get in the team or not quite good enough. And you know, maybe they're more suited to a different style of play. But any player who's done well. Very rarely have they gone on elsewhere yeah. 
and replicated that. But it was like a balance, wasn't it? It was like um, it was like a battle between that way of playing and money. Yeah. You know, because players have to look after themselves. They have to make money while they can. And at the time, Swansea just weren't well, in the same in the same bracket no. as any of the other clubs. But like, is it like you, Sheffield United, as an example, who come down from the Premier League and could yeah. pay? two, three times more than what Swansea could. So there was the balance there where certain players, you know, suited the system but then got offered another club with bigger money and, you know, we we haven't got a crystal ball. We can't tell that Swansea are going to get to the Premier League and that the money, we're going to be there seven years and the money's going to go up and up and if you stay there, that will happen to you. Yeah. We we live in the moment and at that moment for a lot of players, it was, yeah, I enjoy playing at Swansea but, it's an opportunity for me to go and double my money and triple my money. And if Roberto was the master of one thing, he was, the ma- he was the master of the bamboozle. E. What a what a lovely fella, but oh, he's a great what guy. a bamboozler. Oh, he's a great guy, Rob, isn't he? Like I say, I've played with him, he's been my manager, but guy can uh, he can build people up. I know he, I know he's, he put you down as a as a, a young and better version of Busquets. Better. Well, I think not so. just Busquets, Yaya Torre as well. And Yaya Torre, so I don't know. There's, there's a way of building confidence up, and there's a way of bullshitting people, really. I don't know. I don't know what you used to do, like because you used to rumor Roberto whether you felt. I, I don't know if you ever feel entirely comfortable going to see a manager. Yeah. But what what I used to do, I used to walk the dog if I wanted to see the manager. So we can look back, you know, back in time and think oh, I should have. At the time, you're thinking I should have been playing. Yeah, we can look back and be realistic and think, right, come on, okay, I, I realise why not. But so if I if I thought I should be in the squad or you know should be playing more, should be playing in the cups or something, I used to just walk the dog. What to build yourself like and like practice. What are you going to speak to? Him? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a little <laughs> rehearsal. So I'd be walking the dog, like saying, right, this is what I'm going to say. Listen, Gaffer, um, you know, you said I was going to be involved, and you know I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not too happy. That kind of thing, but so you build all that up. So would you have like a response in your head thinking, right, he might use this as an excuse, you've been injured or Oh that. yeah, there's or, always the next So then you're thinking, right, if he says that, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go down the lines of well maybe I'm even doing his voice and answering for yeah. him. You know? Is there other people near you when you where are you going along the beach or is it? Bit of a, bit of a weird or really but anyway. Anyway, the, the point of the story is I would then go and see him and you, you you're working yourself up saying, all right, this is what I'm going to say. I practiced it. He'd sit you down, you know this, yeah. and he would bamboozle the living daylight out of yeah. you. 10 minutes after you, I'm going to word in, you get up to leave with your chest pumped yeah. out thinking, what a player I am, <laughs> sit in the car and think, shit, he's got me again. He does it. He's done me again. And, and that, that last one was, uh, him saying, hey, oi, I have watched many, many games in La Liga. I have watched Sergio Brusquets and Yaya Torre, and you are better. <laughs> I'm thinking, that nah, right. too far off. Yeah. I'm not a stupid guy. Sergio Brusquets, I think, was on the verge of winning the World yeah. Cup. Yaya's on the verge of the two in the oh. round a week. And I'm in the stand. Yeah. Mate, we love him to bits, isn't it? But some of the things he's come out with. Like, you know, no disrespect to the players that he said it. Yeah, you know, he's Pintado scored a, a good goal maybe in his second game for, for the club against Forest. We win 3 1 at the time, Forest were a big club. And he comes out after him and he said he's worth £7 million okay, in, in today's market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then, 
I think Gorka come for 50 grand just say or something like that or next to nothing yeah and he would say and after one goal he's worth 7 million pounds Matty Collins again great lad he's going to be the most capped right back most capped in, uh, in Wales' history you know he, he, like you say mate you go in there wanting to get your point across and you'd maybe not be angry or upset or whatever you know wanting to vent your frustrations and such but you come out feeling a million dollars but you've not got nowhere with him you're yeah. no better for, for going in there than, than not like ah, he's an intelligent guy but I think when you're a manager you have to be selfish as well you know he, he has to think what's best for the squad and stuff yeah. like that I, I remember I, because I wasn't playing that was the last season at Swansea before I did leave I wanted to go on loan and I spoke to the Sheffield Wednesday manager and I was going to go on loan there spoke to him and he said yeah we'd love for you to come up um, brilliant Sheffield Wednesday big club they were in the championship yeah. at the time and Roberto you know go and have a chat with him and he says oh, I don't want you to go on loan and you uh, weren't playing though in the squad I wasn't I was hardly in the squad <laughs> and he's saying um, but he's thinking about the squad yeah. the entirety you know thinking I'm decent to have around the place yeah. for training so that you, you've got your numbers says uh, I don't want you to go to Sheffield Wednesday it's not going to be good for your development because they play 4-4-2 um, and it's going to hinder you because of the system Swansea play and if, if I want to break into the Swansea uh, team and stuff like that you think oh for God's sake <laughs> three weeks after I had my last game for the club Fulham away he blamed me for both goals that we lost <laughs> in the cup if we would have won we would have played Man United at home or away I can't remember yeah. which one lose the replay 2-1 he brought me on oh, I, remember, I remember that we won the luck there's a way from we'd drawn, we'd drawn the first game at the Liberty and then we went there on a Tuesday night yeah and we was winning 1-0 Jason, Jason scored yeah, Jason scored, yeah. He, the old tactic bring the big man on to protect yeah. the lead and he blamed me for both goals I didn't get across to stop across and Zamora I lost him for a corner yeah. on the Monday he lets me go out on loan to Swindon Playing 4-4-2. <laughs> what, what are they? In League One? Struggling in, in League one. one. Struggling. But you have to, don't you? You have to change. You have to be a little bit more selfish and uh, you do, think man, of the squad. You see yourself going down that route? What's next when you um, do finish back? I don't know really, to be honest with you, mate. You know, there's so many people and players that we've played with that have gone on to do well and that. Um, honestly, I don't know. Honestly... Yeah, I love it here at Swansea and I guess if you become manager here and it doesn't work out, it's difficult to stay at the football club. I mean, that was one the big things with Monks, I think, weren't it? When he knew he wanted to go down that route, but he knew once he was manager here, you know, he weren't going to be here forever. And, you know, obviously he's not going to come back as academy manager. He obviously wants to go on and further his career as a manager. So I need to decide, do I want to be a manager? Which means I'll be, you know, trying to get an opportunity and then moving around here, there and everywhere or do I want to be a bit more comfortable and yeah. try and stay at Swansea and in a, in a more comfortable role you know like Trons or doing the ambassador role or Tate with, with the academy and stuff like that where you, you know you're going to be involved in the club as such but the rewards the rewards ain't as, as big as obviously as if you are a manager it's difficult really you know I've got big decisions to make in the next well, in the in the close future, really. You're gonna to have to do a few press ups if you're gonna, you know, take a job like trans, aren't you? Well, just a bit, mate. Because there's, there's, there's a public image. Uh, if you're gonna be a club ambassador for Swansea, it must be in this contract that you need to be pumped up massive 
mate. The size of him, he's getting ridiculous. He's in better shape now than when he was a player, though. Yeah. But he is, um, you know, there is obviously a steward's inquiry into how do you get that big? Because you know, I see him out and about, and you know, in the public doing different bits and pieces of how he has time to, you know, get so big so quick. Yeah. You know, I'm in the gym quite a lot. Obviously, as a, changes. as a professional sportsman, and, and I don't really see that much of a change, but with someone like Lee who's in there maybe... You're wanting to see the gains and that. Yeah, mm. so I'm wondering how he gets that, that gains, you know, but maybe when I do finish and maybe Lee can show me how that happens, I don't know. Yeah, because people talk, I think within the like mixed martial arts community, there's something called the Mexican supplements, yeah. um, which, you know, maybe a different to the supplements you would normally get. I, I, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know, mate, but whatever it is. It? Looks it, good. It looks good, it's, doesn't it's, it's working for Lee at the moment, and for his public image, it's, um, it's spot on as, as the ambassador of the club. Do you think he's thinking, I hope Leon doesn't come, I hope he buggers off somewhere to be a manager, get out, because this is his turf at the moment. Yeah. You know, you're a threat, I think. I think I am, mate. He's looking over his shoulder thinking... He's, he's got half a on, on a statue, Yeah. right? Outside the ground, he's half thinking... Could I get one? Not sure. You know, if yeah. the little fella decides to stay on, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, mate. I think he is a bit worried. He has, you know, put a few texts in me to say I'll be his apprentice and stuff like that. You know, I think. Um, but we'll see, mate. You know, maybe I'll be the worldwide ambassador. Or something that the club hasn't got. You know, maybe someone who who goes abroad and spreads um, the name of Swansea and yeah. different continents rather than just staying. Locally, which is very good for Trans. Maybe my name could be used maybe yeah. further afield. There's something to that. You know, I don't think the North Wales market, if, if any of the Swansea, you know, hierarchy listen, the North Wales market hasn't really been cracked by Swansea. And I think North America maybe comes under the same turf as North yeah. Wales. So I'm available. Listen, I'll put that to the owners when, when I see him. The, the, the big fella's asking for a little stint on the... Uh, One of your regular, regular meetings, yeah. 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 In a boardroom like this, really, mate. You know, we go through things and mm. ex-players. <laughs> uh, have you got any? Um, do you look back and, and and think I regret doing this or that, or are you quite happy in the career? No, with your lot? I'm happy with my lot, mate. Like people always say, oh, the mistake of going to Sheffield United, and yeah, listen, it was a mistake. But like I said you you live for the time, and at the moment, at that moment, I thought it was the right thing, but. No, I've not got no, no regrets, mate. Really, to be honest with you, I've been, I've been lucky to have a good career. I've got to where I wanted to be in terms of the top flight of the Premier League, which is where I started as a young lad and didn't quite make it. And now I'm my seventh season there, so no, I don't think there's any regrets, mate, off the top of my head. I've been, you know, I feel if I was to retire tomorrow, that I could look back on my career and be, you know, be happy with how it's panned out. What was the like toughest time? Is there anything that springs to mind that was like hard for you? Toughest time, really. I mean, it's difficult because it's Swansea. It's always been pretty good. I mean, there, there was a time, I, even apart from when I did leave, when Kenny was manager, and I wasn't. I didn't play a lot in that last year at the vet, really. That was probably. I was a bit younger then as well. And as you get older and a bit more experienced, you understand. You know, you're not going to maybe play as much as you want, but I remember back back then, I. I nearly left the season that we left the Vetch going to the Libby. I remember I was out of contract and I rang Kenny on holiday and said, I'm going to leave like 
Um, I said, I want to leave the football club. And he said, okay. And then he rang me back about an hour later and spent an hour on the phone convincing me that going to the Liberty Stadium, bigger pitch, it was almost like Kevin Blackwell. 4 3 3. Um, you're going to be one of the three midfielders. I'm going to bring you inside on the big pitch and we're going to play football. And then we worked on it all pre season. And first game of the season, it was 4 4 2. I was. Um, I was back out on, on the bench actually, I wasn't even playing right, yeah, yeah. right wing, Forbes he played, but I think around that time was probably the most difficult in terms of my, pers- my personal time at the, at the football club in terms of things not going the way I'd want it, because I was a bit younger, I'd experienced under Brian Flynn playing and doing well and then all of a sudden Kenny had come in and I was out of the team, so I found that difficult, probably mate. Do you remember, um, I know that you do remember. I was quite a raw lad, don't I? I'm from North Wales. No, you come from Bangor, mate, weren't you? Was on, the bench, was on the bench with you, wasn't I? Second game of the season, wasn't it? I think it was um, Colchester away. We beat Tramir at home. First game of the season. Then we went to Colchester on the Tuesday, I think it was. Oof, tough game. Tough game. Layer Road, the old stadium. It's hard, isn't it? Well, you know, obviously, August, it's... It was rock out. It, was, it, it resembled, like, the school playing ground or, or yard or whatever you want to call it. It was, it was probably as hard as that and I think maybe me and you was on the bench right? me and you was on the bench and I think one of the players had, had slipped over and he had, he had um, I think he had um, probably blades back then wasn't it? probably was blades and um, he's, you know Kenny was Kenny Jack was raging man he was fucking what's he got on I bet he's got moulds on which to be fair was fair enough it was rock yeah. on so he's turned around to the bench and he's, he's looking around he's hey Owen you know, he just joined, haven't you? Why, why did he have to, hey, why did he have to come for me? Fucking, you wear, you wear fucking moulds at Bangor? He's like, no, Gaffer. He goes, you got studs on? Yeah, I've got studs on, Gaffer. So as, he, as he turns around to face the pitch again, so he's had a little, he's turned around. Uh, you know, we're next to each other, aren't we, mate? Next thing, you know, I just need to go to the changing room. <laughs> where, are you, where are you going, big man? You look at the bottom of your boots, you've got moulds on and you've gone and changed to your studs, haven't you? I had to change today. I had to change. But you was a young lad, you couldn't blame him, mate. You was a, you was a, what, what was you, what had you been, 19? 20, yeah. 20. Good lesson though, that. Yeah. Another lesson, I remember, um, I was on the bench at Bangor. I don't know how. <laughs> Rested. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of games, there's a lot of games <laughs> yeah. in that league. But I was on the bench and um, someone got injured in the first half and I didn't have my pads on. You know, it's different yeah. these days. No one. I, I was watching a game a few weeks ago, and this guy didn't have a shirt on, didn't have his pants yeah. on. Don't even know if he had his boots on. Not your mouth, yeah. And uh, the manager, Peter Davenport, turned around saying, I'm coming on, someone's injured. And I didn't have my pads on. It took a little while. You know, they're quite, they're like cricket pads, big, big old shades <laughs> these days. Real long. So I'm trying to get him on, and he was fuming. Wanted to do it. And um, took a little while, got me on. And he kept me on. We we actually won one 0 and I scored the winner. But Ooh. that's that's neither here nor there. I like the way you got that in, mate. His yeah. message to me after, and he did. He had a right go, and he said um, he was very close to put me on, to then pull me straight back. As a lesson, like yeah. So he didn't actually have to do it for me to learn the lesson. But like these days, you talk about young kids now. They don't even care. Imagine no. a young uh, manager having a word and saying they just look at him and think, nah. That's the difference. That's the difference, though, mate. Isn't it? And today, like you say, you learnt your lesson. I bet the next game, if you was on the bench, oh, man. I've been on there quite a few yeah, times, my friend. Yeah, you have. So your shin pads were probably always in your socks, ready to go on. Always. But that's always. just the lessons that you learn, mate. Like, yeah. which you don't get, in, unfortunately, these days in 
especially in you know the, the academy in 21s football. Yeah. But now it's um it's a bit different, mate. It's been a tough old start. You know, nothing nothing current in terms of games and stuff, but it's a tough old period for the Swans, isn't it? Hopefully by the time this goes out it changes. <laughs> no, mate. But it's tough, isn't it? You know, like so many eyeballs in the Premier League and, and it's so important to stay there. The pressure is unbelievable. Yeah. It is though, mate, isn't it? It's, I know like what are we now six games in as we're talking now five points it is mate it's, it's the pressure like you don't win for two or three games and all of a sudden the eyes are focused on the manager and they scrutinise everything you know why they're not winning is it the defence and then they'll pull they'll pull the defence apart on the TV or is it the forwards not creating or the scrutiny in, in terms of the Premier League and like I say the pressure to stay in the league is is massive mate it's and that's why we want to make sure that we don't have the situation that we had last year and probably you probably say the last couple of years more more so last year mate but we want to make sure we kind of as a club we nip this in the bud now yeah. and we get points on the ball before Christmas so then you give yourself a bit of breathing space whereas like last year you're playing catch up going into games which whether it's someone who's at the bottom of the league or someone at the top is they're you know equally you know it's difficult I know the top teams are the top teams but you're going into games having to get points like have to win today we have to win and that's that's big pressure like you know yeah. it's, it's difficult it's difficult to deal with you always come out smelling the roses don't you it's like your shit don't stink <laughs> you know but when you step on that pitch I, I, I don't know I don't watch training and stuff yeah. like that I would imagine as a manager now Clement's looking you're 35 and it's natural to think maybe you're not quite the player that you were yeah. five years ago no yeah, of course it's normal and maybe you train like that. Yeah. Not not that you train sloppy or anything like that, but but I think stepping on the pitch just brings something a little bit different out of you, doesn't it? It gives that little adrenaline boost. You turn up on a match day and then yeah. by you turning up the fans, fuck knows how you get the fans like just for a simple tackle. They just they, yeah. they love it. I've, I've blinded these fans for what, fifteen years? You talk about Roberto talking with words. I've, <laughs> I've literally done the same playing-wise. But you still feel you've got a power to play? No, I do. Uh, you know, I, like I say, I, I understand my role in, in the, fo- the football club and the team is a bit different. I'm not going to play as much as I you know, I used to play over the years and stuff like that. But I still feel I've got a role to play. I think in one way I proved, you know, I, I don't like saying things like that, but maybe proved it a little bit last year coming in for the last five games um, that I can still help the team in, in some ways like I say it might not be starting all the time or um, playing like I said or, as much as I wanted but I still feel I'm coming and affect the team and I think you mentioned it sometimes it does help when we're at home and we're going for a sticky patch yeah. I think it just looked to me as uh, obviously I'm it's part, not a connection part, isn't it fans need a connection yeah you and I think I'm part one. yeah and I'm, I'm part of today yeah but they also look part but on the history of the club in the last 10-15 years and yeah. Like I say, there's not many of us. Right, I'm there in terms of the longest from the dark dark days, but there's still a few there. But it's that connection, mate. And I think they, they'll they see someone go on the pitch and give everything, and they'll react with that. You know, yeah. putting a tackle in or tracking a runner or winning a header, you know, basic stuff, if we're being honest. It's not putting the ball in the top corner or beating three men and setting some, someone up. But they react with that, and they'll see that, and then it lifts the crowd. And I think in terms of then it lifts the rest of the, you know, the, the 10 other players in the pitch. Whereas, you know, we go to the game on Saturday against Watford, you know, the crowd boo when we pass back a little bit and 
it is then very tough for the, for the players out there to try and be confident on the ball and confident on the pitch. And the, the manager, Paul Clement, and, and this is not you just talking the usual footballers' shit. You know, he, he actually has impressed you with yeah. what he does on the training ground and stuff like that. It's just that you have to start somewhere, I guess, don't you? He's maybe trying to build from a defensive platform to then hopefully in time that, that it sort of twigs yeah. together attackingly, but it's just not... It's not clicking, is it? I mean, it's not clicking going forward. But like you say, I think he probably come in and looked at it and looked upon, you know, under, especially under Bob, we conceded, I don't know, how many games did Bob have? 11 games and we conceded something like 27 goals. I don't know what it was. Something like 27 goals, 25, 27. So probably as a manager come in, you're looking and saying, right, one thing is clearly wrong is that they're conceding too many goals. Yeah. So he, he's worked, obviously he's worked on that, which he's improved. He's improved us so much in terms of our defending and being hard to beat. But then the next step now is, okay, we're a hard team to beat, but you know, goals win games. We, we all know that. And if, when we have lost Gilfie and Fernando, which, you know, we can't hide away from the fact that there was two players last year that scored or assisted a lot of, a lot of goals for us. So hopefully, you know, we, you like the base that we've got, we're hard to beat, but I think we all know we need to be better in the attacking third. But he's, he has impressed me. Like you say, I know people always talk about their managers and say, oh, he's impressed me. But no, I've worked with, you know, I've been fortunate to work with some very good managers at the club and he works very similar to Brendan in terms of the way the training is the intensity in training and, and the way he deals with things off the pitch and like the meeting and, and the organisation and stuff like that, which is, which for me is very impressive. So you don't know if you're going to go into management, coaching, you, you've had, you've got half, a little half eye on media side of things, are you, you're more open to it now, you've done yeah. a bit of work for the BBC, a little bit for Sky and stuff like that, you've arrived on Twitter, struggling without a blue tick, can't you? Bless you. I think I'm getting one, I might even nah. have one now. I just had have a look, have a look. No, I've had a text, um, after, I've had a text of the club, mate, they did say it's going to come. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not there it's yet. It's bordering on desperation, but. Uh, listen. But you're open to it, aren't you? you, you do you yeah. think you're seeing the career starting to come to an end? So you, uh, you, you've always been good into, you know, taking interviews and this and that, never been a problem, but you, you start looking into the future, don't yeah. you, and thinking, what am I going to do next? I don't think, I don't think there's a good enough structure for footballers that are about to finish. Yeah. I know the PFA are there, but I tell I you. I think they're there, and they are great, mate. But I think the PFA are very, very good if you if you, if it goes if wrong, you ask them for help. Yeah, if it goes wrong, if it kind of goes wrong, maybe they're there to help you as yeah. well, mate. But some players don't like to look to the future in in one way. They think they're going to play on and play on. But for me, mate, I look at it and do realise like I'm not going to run forever. This could be my last year this year or next year or maybe it could be two years. But I'm looking at the next step. Like I say, I like the media though. Know? It's something I enjoy doing. You know, I've done the sky. A couple of weekends ago for the Newcastle game, wore a lovely jacket, got great, you know, when you talk about Twitter, you know, I had so many people asking me where I've got the jacket from. It's a good jacket, eh? It was good, mate. You know, I was going up against Jamie Redknapp, who I think everyone looks upon as a very stylish guy. And I think he topped him. I think that day, maybe maybe because it wasn't the biggest games, he maybe thought, I don't have to go, you know, with something so jazzy, but... He won't make that mistake again. I think I got a few comments as soon as I'd gone in there, you know, people were saying, Lovely jacket, and yeah. straight away the confidence was up, mate. And yeah, it's probably if you're comparing you and Jamie Redknapp, probably the only thing, you know, personality-wise, 
looks. fashion, looks. It's the only thing that you would have topped him. So well done for that small little victory. But I think he's the one that went on. Well, maybe the bigger picture, mate. But it's only just started. It has just started. And, and for, for a man who I've witnessed some terrible, terrible clothes on you. One Christmas party, the, the green jumper. I asked you to wear the green jumper tonight. I've put it in the frame, I can't take it out. It's actually in the uh, What were you? No, it was a cardigan. Cardigan? It was a cardigan. <laughs> I, I remember going out that night, mate. And you, and you asking every person that we stumbled across, what do you reckon of his green uh, cardigan? What were the responses like? I think maybe out of politeness, people were saying, like, No, they didn't. <laughs> it's terrible. Maybe because it was Christmas elf, you know. It was embarrassing. It wasn't the best, mate. Yeah, I mean, listen. Living. We've, we've all had fashion disasters. And like you say, I've, I've lived and learned. And when you look at my gear, it's probably matched my playing career. You know, as we was League 2, you'd probably say my gear was League 2. And as we've come through the leagues. Yeah. You probably look at me now in terms of gears as, as Premier League. Yeah. I'm looking at you now thinking you're wearing a lot of freebies. Yeah, you know, it's a sponsorship thing, mate, as well. You know, sometimes you have to get the brand out there and let people know, you know, the gears are wearing. And if, they, if they're going to chuck it at me, mate, I'll wear it. Beautiful. When I spoke to Trans, I said to him, uh, what would be quite good, maybe for the podcast, one day, a little Sunday session, we could, a little oh. Super Sunday. Pump-ups, maybe, or something. A game on the telly. We'll whack this spectacular little gadget that we've got recorded yeah. in the middle of the table. And just off we go. Yeah. And he was bang up for it, what do you reckon? Well, I'm not surprised he bang up for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be a good day, mate. We'd have to arrange that. Get, like I say, mate, watch your game. A few beers. Different perspective, innit? What What you guys say when a game is going on and stuff like that? Yeah. No, we'll do that, mate. We'll sort out for sure. It'd be a good, it'd be a good laugh, mate. Get Trons down there. Maybe even Gary Monk if... Uh, but maybe not too desperate yet, mate. Not sure about that. Yeah, he's not a, sure. He's a bit that. stiff. He was never great on the day, was he? Well, we'll let him get sacked again first. It won't be long. And then you'll relax. They, again. they lost last night, didn't they? It won't be long. You're right. If you could, if you could choose one person for for me to have a little conversation with on the podcast, some realistic, but anyone in mind? Without me telling you, who Trons said. Does it have to be someone like someone you know? It or? doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have to happen, but. It's I, I possible. Think, Don't say Elvis. No, like, I'm, I'm talking about people, current people. I'm talking. Yeah, about. someone good to speak to. Someone who's got a little story to tell. I think Jimmy Budard's good. Yeah. I think Jim, like, yeah, because I, I was with Jim at West Ham, and he was just honestly, mate. I've never met someone like him. Like, he come from Gravesend. Yeah. Where's Where's a, a Premier League team? It's probably like someone coming from Bangor to Swansea. Yeah, probably something like that. And he come and obviously we had the Canio, Ferdinand, Lampard, all these Rudder, Stuart Pearce and that. And he come and he was so loud abusing them. Like, you know, he'd come from non-league football and all of a sudden he'd be abusing the size of Ruddock's stomach. He'd be having like Rio's gear off and it was just so funny, mate. And fair play to him. He's gone on and, and carried that on throughout his career. But he's, How did they take to that? To be honest, like, I think they was a bit in shock, to be honest with you. I, like, I, I don't think no one knew how to react, because at the time, he must have only been about 19, 20. Yeah. And there was this little skinny guy with his curly blonde hair out of nowhere, just coming and abusing people like Stuart Pearce. Like, how old are you? You should be retired. You know, like, you're just absolutely abusing him. But no, they take, they take it all right. I think, I think they just found him 
you know, the funny side of it rather than yeah. he was what he was like, you know. Do you think I'd be able to control him? That'd be the big question, mate. Mm. I don't know if you've uh, you got that in the lock because if someone like Paolo De Canio or someone you know, with a big personality mm. couldn't really control him, <laughs> I do worry about someone like yourself, mate. Give it a go, mate. I've got the power of this sort of gadget, haven't I? Yeah, that's good, mate. You like it, though? Yeah, I'm very impressed. Brits, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers, mate. No, it's been an honour. Cheers for inviting me, mate. There we have it. Another one done. Hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, thanks to Leon for his time. Big thanks to the Morgan's Hotel in Swansea for their hospitality. Um, as I mentioned before, leave a review, subscribe, share. Tell the world. Tell the world about this wonderful podcast that you've stumbled upon. Give Brits a follow on his Twitter. He's hungry for followers. Desperate almost. His Twitter is at Brits underscore seven. That's at Brits underscore seven. Hungry for fame, hungry for attention. But I'm sure you've realised over the last hour or so, a good guy. Big thanks. See you next time. Mm-hmm.